The very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. Our differences worldwide would vanish if we were facing an alien threat from outside this world. And yet, I ask you, is not an alien force already among us? Exopolitics, paranormal phenomena, and deep analysis of current world events from somewhere in the desert between Area 51 and Roswell, blasting across the planet, the Manticore Network proudly presents Veritas. Because the truth will set you free. Headline edition, July 8, 1947. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc has been found and is now in the possession of the Army. I think it's time to open the books on the question of government investigations of UFOs. Uh, we ought to do it really because it's right. We ought to do it because the American people, quite frankly, can handle the truth. And we ought to do it because it's the law. Be skeptical. Do be as skeptical as you want, but by all, don't close your mind. Greetings to everyone around the world, and a warm welcome to another edition of Veritas, where we uncover the truth, one guest at a time. For those of you who dare to seek, Veritas is the place where you shall find. I'm your host, Mel Fabregas, and I sincerely thank you for joining me once again. And if this is your first time, make yourself at home. I want to thank all our members. As always, you are keeping Veritas alive. Tonight, we continue where we left off the sequel to Disclosure from the Inside, the Barry King story. If you thought last week's show was revealing, we have saved the best for last. The list of Disclosure items is too long to mention. Barry King will be with us shortly. To listen to the complete version of this and all our past and future shows, become a member for just $7 per month or 20 cents per day, you will receive immediate access to all our inventory of shows, the Manticore Forum, and the Veritas Chatroom. Don't wait. Just head on over to our website, VeritasShow.com, and click on Subscribe. It only takes a few seconds. Do you want to believe like everyone else, or do you want to know? Subscribe now and take Veritas with you. And to those who just listen to Segment 1 all the time, don't you think it's time to become a full member? Do you want half of the story? Don't wait any longer. It's never too late. Subscribe today. 
Next week's special guest is Professor John Searle. If you don't know his story, go to johnsearlstory.com. That's S-E-A-R-L, johnsearlstory.com. This is potentially the man who can change the world. And following the next week, Michael Tessarian. For updates on future guests, visit our website. I have received a lot of email from people who say, Mel, don't change the website. I've been announcing that I was going to start a new contest to revamp the Veritas website. However, it seems that the focus should be on the show and not on the website. That said, I have decided to leave the website as is. So I apologize for any confusion, and I thank you for your suggestions. And here's an update of the videos I've been uploading for you at the Manticore Forum. This week I've uploaded a few more videos. The first one has a story that I want to share with you. A few months ago I received a set of images and was only authorized to share them with a few people to get their reaction. I cannot comment further, but during the International UFO Congress there was a speaker with the name of Mark D'Antonio. The title of his presentation was Photo and Video Analysis Basics Every Investigator Should Know. Basically Mark is an expert and my contact found out that Mark was in attendance and asked me if I could show Mark the images. As I'm walking with Mark to a not-so-crowded area since the media room was taken, Bob Dean was walking by. I had also received authorization to show Bob Dean, so I waved at Bob and asked him if he could join us. He agreed. They both watched the images and it was great to see both sides react. Mark cannot really comment too much without having professional analysis done on the images, but Bob Dean was really amazed at what he saw. Then the interview turned to Bob Dean and he started disclosing information he had not disclosed before. But don't worry, I won't give it away. I'll let you watch the rest of the video. It's right on the forum. Find the thread called 2010 International UFO Congress Videos and Pictures. And one addendum regarding these images. Last week I had the privilege of presenting at a, in front of a group of people. Uh, all MUFON members in the desert. And among the participants was another speaker, actually, was Jim Dilatoso. I'm sure that most of you know who Jim is. He, he has been in uh, image analysis for decades, and he actually participated during the Phoenix Lights. He actually analyzed Dr. Linkatai's videos. Well, I was authorized to show Jim Dilatoso the images and he was also very, very impressed. If I get authorization in the future to show these publicly, I may do so. But for security reasons, I can't do so at this time. Then I have some footage of a couple who was celebrating their honeymoon at the convention. They have a great story to tell. They got married in front of the entrance of Area 51, better known as the mailbox. Even Larry Warren from the Rendlesham Forest incident all the way from England went to witness this wedding. I spent some time with this couple and had to get them on video. I'm sure you'll find a similarity between the bride and someone you know. I also have a video, a quick video with uh, Travis Walton who's going to be with us in the near future. One thing that impressed me regarding his presentation as he's showing us the map of Arizona, the area of the map where he was abducted, if you look at the map, it's area 51. But very interesting. So you'll see, or you'll hear rather, 
Travis with us on Veritas, but here's a quick video for you to watch. And I also have a video of another Disclosure Project witness, airline pilot Don Daniels. He talks about his sightings and how pilots prefer not to jeopardize their careers by coming forward. This is not the case with Don. Do you know Ed Grimsley? I guess we can call him the godfather of UFO watching with infrared binoculars. I could not film at night since my camera didn't have the appropriate adapters, but I did spend a few minutes with Ed on camera while he was explaining this technology and his take on a few more topics. Then a quick conversation with Dr. Roger Lear, who will be on Veritas soon also. You all know Dr. Lear as the pioneer who started removing implants, alien implants. And another conversation, this time with Niara Isley. She will be on the show in a few weeks. You may remember her appearing on Coast to Coast AM with another abductee, Melinda Leslie. Miara has a great story to tell about her military slash covert abductions. We actually have two shows planned for you, and both shows are regarding military slash covert abductions, one with Melinda Leslie and another one with Miara. They're both coming up in the next few weeks. And who else do we have? Steve Bassett, Bob Dean again with Paula Harris, and a few others. And last but not least, Santiago Iturria from Mexico. Santiago is the co-speaker with Jaime Maussan at these conferences. I did two interviews with Santiago, one in English, and for those listeners from Latin America and Spain, I know where you are, and let me remind you that I have not forgotten about you. No los he olvidado. And that's why I captured another interview with Santiago about the best UFO cases in Mexico in Spanish as well. So it's done one in English and one in Spanish. You could say Santiago is my very first interview in Spanish. During all these interviews, the media room was occupied, so I had to conduct them behind the camera. Oh, and I've also captured a conversation with Patty Greer. Patty is the filmmaker who won Best Film last year and this year as well. This year's film is entitled Crop Circles, The Wake Up Call. Again, all these videos are available to you at the Manticore Forum. If you remember, go to the member section and there is a link that gives you instructions on how to join. And before we go to tonight's interview, to those who write about free subscriptions, I'm out of donated subscriptions for now, but I need a lot of help and I'm going to up the ante to get this done. Listen up. From today until April the 30th, 2010, if you are 100% qualified and able to transcribe a show, I will give you not three, I will give you a six-month free membership with all the benefits, but you need to commit before April the 30th and need to be able to complete the transcription in a timely fashion. If you're interested, go to the free subscription link on the website, veritasshow.com, for more information and contact us as soon as possible. I want to catch up so we can have all our shows transcribed. And now, find out what's inside Pine Gap. More on programmed life forms, synthetic beings, super soldiers, mind control, military abductions, and much more. The sequel to Disclosure from the Inside is coming up next. This is Mel Fabregas, and you're listening to Veritas. Don't go anywhere. Most of the great 
music you hear right here on The Veritas Show is supplied by the independent artists from Jamendo.com. If you hear a song you like, go over to our homepage, VeritasShow.com, click on the guest, look up the song, and download it. You can even buy the group's CDs, in many cases, right there at Jamendo.com. Colin Andrews, and you're listening to The Veritas Show. And welcome back to Veritas. This is Mel Fabregas, and we are heading into another segment, another show, with Barry King. There's so much he wants to say. Time, folks, is running out. All you need to do is turn on the TV for two minutes to see that the powers that be, the mediopoly, presents a world that it's in chaos spiraling down and i want to know how much of this is true barry and how much of this is just an illusion for us to lower our vibrations continuing anxiety continuing fear there must be a reason why this is happening who knows perhaps 2012 is approaching so i want to get an idea of what is it that you would like to disclose to the world okay well calming down a bit now um i think what people should try and do, I know it's, it's a bit time-consuming, but to see where I'm coming from, to connect the dots, to see how it, all this fits together from childhood to where I'm standing right now, I'm trying to fill in all those areas to make it easier to connect those dots. Uh, I've, hopefully I've tried to do that over the years, but we've come to a stage now where, yeah, there is this general awakening People are asking questions. Um, the powers that be are trying to dumb down the public. They're trying to control you, squish you down into the box even more, but more and more fighting back. More and more people are coming forward with information that the powers that be don't like. I think it's imperative now that I say my last few things and then I can step back knowing that, yeah, I've done my job, I've done my bit, I've said what I need to say and hoping that that's going to help a few people out there to open their eyes, see what's going on. All these things are really happening. The controllers are hell-bent on trying to keep you under control. They want to control every aspect of your life. They don't want you to evolve into a higher being, but there are powers out there that are on your side. They're helping. They won't let the controllers totally have their way. So... Yeah, there's a lot to look forward to, and I'm hoping, I'm, in my small, humble way, I'm doing my little bit to open your eyes, just that little bit. What is really transpiring in the world? We hear the, the drums of war every day. We hear uh, an, er an earthquake in Haiti. We hear troops being deployed. What is really happening, Barry? This control power madness that we're seeing around the globe I mean, you mentioned that Haiti earthquake. Um, points to more than just an unfortunate and uh, nasty natural event. I mean, this could well be orchestrated. There is technology out there that will create earthquakes, um, uh, droughts, um, floods. It, it, you know, the powers that be will stop at nothing to create so many problems in this world. They, they're knocking down the population numbers. They want control over certain nations. 
people have got to wake up. Um, you know, I'd like to literally shake people. Wake up. You know, look, there's so many nasty things happening around you. You've got to see. It's not conspiracy nuts telling you these things. These things really are happening. Don't cocoon yourself away anymore because... You know, you're playing directly into into their hands. They're, they're dumbing you down. They're feeding you all this rubbish on the TV. Um, all these additives in fast foods and drinks. You, you, you're just being so controlled, you can't fight back, which is exactly what they want. They want a society who will be so obedient and who literally won't lift a finger to help themselves. But there's a growing number of people around the planet who literally now will fight back and they have opened their eyes and they see and hear what's going on and more and more people are coming forward with uh, information from the inside I just say this be very very careful with what you do um, take on board from some of these insiders because right now there's a push by the controllers to send out into the public domain a number of people that seem genuine uh, it's only, only recently these people are coming forward with information that is to divert your attention away to what really is going on and it's there to muddy the waters you, you just use your own judgment your own common sense your own logic you should be able to tell these people apart from the true people who want to help you can you give us an example of, of uh, one of those disinformation agents if you will uh, yeah see, this is where I've got to be very careful because people say how dare I um, even say anything against another individual who, um, you know, another whistleblower. It's really not my place, not my job. But, you, you know, examples, I mean, I'm going to tread on a few toes. People are going to tread on mine. I don't mind. Um, you've got those that are mind-controlled to a degree, and then you've got those that are given an agenda and they will literally come out with a lot of information that's going to send you in all the wrong directions. Um, I, I'm not really sure whether I should name names. Um, cause that's okay. You don't have to. You don't have. You can describe, but you don't have to name names. Uh, well, someone who really is going to immediately point at the person anyway. Um, this person um, and uh, his partner were at loggerheads with Project Camelot and Avalon recently. Um, everyone's going to know who I'm talking about. But that is one particular individual who, let's give him the benefit of the doubt, he's under intensive mind control, so he's coming out with a lot of information which is blatantly rubbish and sending you along the wrong path. Just That's one particular instance. I mean, I could name a lot on that, but I, I daren't because I know I'm going to get into deep, deep trouble if I do. That's okay. When that person said that we need to be vaccinated with the swine flu vaccine, I knew exactly what was mm -hmm. happening. I know exactly yeah. who you're referring exactly. to. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, to the layman, you know, they're, they're, they're obviously going to get confused because they're given one set of signals and then they're given another set of signals and they don't know what to do. They don't know who to believe. There's too much of this going. This, this information is so high. You've really got to have your wits about you to actually um, break through that disinformation. And they're picking on um, the easiest is forums. To plant someone on a forum, I mean, I've, I've seen it done. It was, it was part of the, um, 
the monitoring process that the intelligence services go through, I mean, you've got, you've got to monitor all these major forums just to make sure that one of your own, an insider, doesn't get onto a forum under some anonymous name or whatever and start disclosing information that's obviously bad for the, the agency. So that's why they're monitored 24-7. And, but that's a, a great way of sending in um, a disinformation agent to spread total ridiculous nonsense and just to see they can sway people into his or her way of thinking. I mean, it's happening all the time. It's happening now on uh, certain forums. That having been said, Barry, then what is the role the agencies play behind the whistleblowers? How many of these whistleblowers are on a mission from their agencies to, to misinform, deceive, and, and misdirect the truth seekers? Because that's who we are. Yeah, yeah. Luckily, the numbers are very, very small because they know the game is up. Others from other agencies can spot those that are placing disinformation agents onto. It's just a matter of verifying certain information and finding out, well, that's wrong because that guy's coming out with so-and-so and that's definitely way off base. So they know their game is up, so they're not doing it so much. They're still monitoring, but the sending in deliberately of people with disinformation is on, uh, on the way down, on the way out. As I say, there's only a few around. There used to be quite a few. And this is something that I just thought of asking. I don't know how much experience or exposure to you have. Well, exposure we all do. I'm talking about chemtrails. Right. Some people say that it's to poison the water and people. And lately I've heard that it could be to block the solar rays, who in turn, because the sun is becoming more powerful in many ways, that it could be altering our DNA in a good way. And by spraying these chemtrails on top of populated areas and that's one thing i have confirmed that it usually happens over populated areas and once you get out of the populated areas the airplanes stop spraying so something yeah. tells me that they have a a reason to be spraying over these densely populated areas could it be because they want the solar rays to to be blocked from altering our dna am i am i right in saying this with the chemtrails that started out as a a beneficial thing. Um, they were, because of the harmful UV rays, uh, the CO2 emissions uh, over cities and large towns, the idea they had in the beginning was it was going to be used as a protective measure. But the Black Hats saw that as a perfect excuse to dump toxic chemicals over high-density population areas uh, causing all manner of illnesses, cancers, and God knows what else. The DNA um, aspect comes into it because, and I think it's been confirmed by scientists, uh, the human DNA is naturally changing. We are evolving. Now, the powers that be see this as a threat. Now, by natural evolve, uh, by allowing natural uh, evolution, Mankind is going to become um, a being of higher frequency. It's going to become much more than, let's say, we're, we're an animal now. We're going to transcend all that. The powers that we obviously don't want that. They want us animals grunting and growling and being totally controlled. And by stopping this natural evolution, by all this chemical 
they're trying to tamper with the natural evolution of a progressive DNA. But what they're not taking into consideration is we do have various OPI who are fighting through a back doorway of that by them manipulating mankind's DNA so that the black hats are not going to win anyway. But they're going to keep pumping all this rubbish, uh, aluminum, barium, and God knows all those other toxic chemicals onto people just for the sake of it. At any given point, Barry, there are hundreds of these planes spraying all over the world. And I've been asked, how is it that these pilots, one, just one, why hasn't one come forward and say what they're doing? Do these planes even have pilots? Um, I would say, uh, well, I don't know the ratio to piloted and non-piloted, but they use both. And regarding someone coming forward, um, I think one very brave individual did come forward a couple of years ago or so, and no one's heard from him since. So I think that's another reason not to um, step out of line and say anything, because uh, you're just going to disappear. Fair enough. There is a term out there, mm-hmm. and even during my interview with uh, Karian and Bill, mm-hmm. I asked him if there's a topic where they have felt somewhat, not threatened, but were, in no uncertain terms, were told, don't talk about this. And this is something that I believe you want to talk about, and I'm talking about the programmed life forms. Can you explain yeah. more of this? Okay, well, again, from the experiences I went through at the Peasemore facility, um, the program life forms at that time uh, were based on the small grey. So they're small grey clones or drones, which is the more uh, relative term, used in military abductions. But again, we're basing this on the time frame 79 to 81. So in all my information releases so far, it's all been based on that time frame. The small grey clones, they're the program life forms. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> when I came forward in 94, um, was uh, the first in the world, as far as I know, to actually even mention these things. Up until that time, uh, you, you, you never heard the term. Um, there was no such thing. I was very glad to hear from uh, Dr. Stephen Greer over the last couple of years that he'd got a number of people who've worked on the very same projects that I worked on. I think he it numbers a dozen or so uh, up to date that he's got on his team that worked with program life forms. This verified and validated the information I first gave out in 94 onwards because there, there, there came a time around... 2000, 2001, even, even after doing you know, my uh, filming for Dr. Greer's team, I felt that I was literally the only one in the world who was talking about these things, and everyone was trying to shoot me down. No one has heard of these things before. It was science fiction, nonsense, can't exi- we can't do these things. And I got very, very depressed. Um, even suicidal at times, thinking I'm, I'm, I'm getting nowhere. Um, I'm trying to tell people about these things. No one wants to listen because they, it's too far-fetched to believe. So I got a bit of a, a boost when uh, it was confirmed by Dr. Greer that, yes, he's got a number of people on his team 
that have worked in the same sort of um, projects and programs with these pr program life forms. Now, again, basing that on the 79 to 81 time frame, it's ob they've obviously progressed considerably. And if they could create those things then, what can they create now? And I think it would be literally anything you can think of. In 30 years, I, you know, they could create literally any being you could think of. And that's where we get onto these, um, what's now coming into the uh, public domain. People talk about synthetic beings. Super, Super soldiers. soldiers? Yeah, yeah. Now, to my mind, logically or illogically, I would have put the same two things together, the program life forms and the synthetic beings. They're, they're created. We've got the, the technology now, obviously, to create uh, such sophisticated beings that I would say we're, we're all on the same track. They're all, they're all programmed life, because they're all mind-controlled. They're all programmed, and they are life forms that have been created. So they're all one and the same thing, as far as I'm concerned. A lot will disagree. But that certainly is an area... Uh, yeah, it, it's it, it's quite dangerous to talk about, but I've been told to push it, so I'm going to. When it. we say Barry, when we say synthetic beings, when we use the word synthetic, is there reality to that, or are they just clones that are programmed not to deviate? In other words, they don't have any conscience. If they are instructed to kill somebody, they do it with without any kind of remorse. Why is the word synthetic being used? Um, I think there's there's two parts to that. One would be. Literally, just like those original grey drones, they are artificially created. Uh, they, they don't start out as normal human beings. So being programmed life forms, um, killing machines, if you like, because that's what they're, they're, you know, let's, let's be honest, that's what they're created for. Super soldiers, they're out there to um, go into combat zones. Um, they're there as killing machines. They're weapon systems. Second part of that would be um, enhancing or um, uh, genetically altering uh, a normal human to become a super soldier, whether that's done physically or mentally or both. So it's, that's two sides of the thing. It's still synthetic because you've created that first one. Synthetic doesn't really apply to the second, but an augmented um, human. I think they're all lumped under one. So it depends on actually who's coming out with the information. When you say augmented, it's because they're giving certain new powers and abilities. For example, one of them, I believe, is they don't need to sleep. They don't eat to eat as much, etc. Mm -hmm. Right? Oh, I've, yeah. I've heard all manner of um, uh, stories. I mean, I can't verify all of them, but certainly um, the super soldier that the... DOD and DARPA one would be one who, yeah, requires little or no sleep, can take direct orders into the mind rather than for the radio, uh, can run with full kit for a longer period, uh, a longer distance. Um, they augment them in, in such a way as they're, they're going to be more useful on the, on the, on the combat zone rather than the, the grunts they've got now. It's just a way of saving money, really. It's, you know, brass tacks, Instead of, you know, instead of two or three um, grunts getting killed, you get one augmented um, soldier to do that job of three others and would last longer. It's cheaper for the DOD, isn't it? Sure. And going back to the program life forms, meaning the, the gray drones, mm -hmm. I'm just trying to see the, the, 
the purpose of doing this in a mill lab? Is it because, let's pretend that I am reabducted mm-hmm. by the military. They use a program life form, being a, a small gray. Is that so I can say, oh yes, I was abducted by a, an alien, when in reality it was programmed by the military to conduct a certain task to appear as if I was being abducted by aliens. Is that right? It, that, in a nutshell, that's, that's it exactly, although it, it does get a little bit more complicated than that, but certainly that's what they use for in abduction scenarios. I mean, they can use those um, in the facility, in one of the um, areas to set up uh, an abduction scenario and have the uh, target implanted with false memories, but with just sufficient recall over time that they would recall these small beings, and these right. small beings would be the PLFs. If that is the case then, and this is something that is going to probably upset a lot of people, what I'm going to say, is it possible that these program life forms were created in such a way so that all abductions are performed by the military and because they have the movie Close Encounter of the Third Kind and E.T. and some of the others, that we have been accustomed and acclimated to believe that these beings are extraterrestrial when in fact they may be a creation of our own to do experimentation on us without them so-called being caught? That's a, that's a woozy, that one. Um, well, the, maybe those working within my labs would say, oh, yes, that's exactly exactly what we want. But unfortunately, real alien, and again, I don't like using that term very much, abductions do occur, but the frequency of alien abductions compared to military ones, the military ones outweigh the alien ones. Because the military are getting greedy. They know they can get away with so much and they're forever wanting to try their mind-controlling technologies and to find out and try and get every bit of technology that the aliens are using in their tags on the targets. That's why the military are way ahead in abduction numbers. So the chances of, let's say, 100 people being abducted, as many as 70 or 80 of those are going to be military these days. A lot of people are going to shoot me down on that, but I'm afraid that's a fact. No, it just makes sense. It just absolutely makes sense. So the implants, are the implants mm-hmm. coming from the aliens, or are the implants coming from us? Well, the more, obviously, you've got a race that are so superior to us. If they use implants within the human body, they're going to be so sophisticated, you, you probably won't even um, be able to Notice. Find them, identify them. Right. The ones that are found are obviously of a lower technology and they're bound to be military. Even though they're, they're, they're working um, in trying to get those to be as stealth-free as possible, I mean, you know, they grow these, uh, you know, they, they take a, a biopsy and they, they, they grow tissues around the implant before it's planted inside the human anyway. But it's still, um, you can still pick it up on certain CAT scans or an MRI you can depending on where it's situated of course I mean and the alien ones you're going to have a heck of a job trying to locate uh, an alien implant because they're so sophisticated they're going to move around the body they're going to become invisible because they've got that technology and we we can't see that so someone says well I've got an, an implant but we can't find it well 
the chances are, if the, if the person is telling the truth, and they have got an implant, and it is an alien one, well, you know, unless they want us to find it, we ain't going to find it. They're that good. I mean, all these things, you know, Dr. What's his name? Roger Lear? Yeah, Roger Lear. Yeah, now all these tiny little things he's been taken out of um, people. Now, 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 don't get me wrong, I'm not knocking his work, but I just think he's been a little bit, um, how shall I say, too free and easy with saying their actual implants. Because the majority look like just either bits of plastic or glass or a sliver of metal or something. And it's where they're placed immediately tells me they're not implants anyway. Because they're found in certain areas where you just wouldn't waste your time and money putting an implant in the first place. You wouldn't put it in fingers and toes or in ankles. Implants go in areas of the body where they're going to have a direct use. Um, Put them behind the sternum. Now, not just for tracking purposes, but behind the sternum, it's there to cause a heart attack. Put them in the the cranium at the um, brain stem. Now, that's that can um, literally drop you on, on your feet. Um, it's next to the brainstem, you, you, brainstem death. Uh, it's going to cut off the central nervous system. Implants are always put where they're going to actually have the most effective use. They're not just scattered around the body here and there. Now, all this, the synthetic beings, the super soldiers, is that something mm-hmm. monopolized by the United States and perhaps... The, the United Kingdom, or are there any other countries exposed and involved in this? Uh, oh, Russia are well ahead with that. Um, really? China have got a program where they're trying also to create a super being, and obviously there are other countries who, in, in their various ways, are trying to catch up with technology. They're, they're well behind, but the main ones would be, yeah, the US, uh, the UK, and Russia. What is the uh, end Russian, game? Oh, um, a lot of them are fearful of uh, changes uh, to the climate. So they're looking for a species that's going to be able to survive certain climate changes that they say are due, whether natural or man-made. These super beings, um, well, besides the military aspect, because that takes over... Uh, the majority of views is we want these as weapon systems and they make damn good weapon systems. You've got someone who's mind-controlled, someone who can um, literally pick up a a jeep and throw it. All manner of what we would call all superhuman abilities make perfect weapon systems. If If we can get past the mindset of the military that it's not a weapon system, but it's it's someone who could survive certain hostile environments, then maybe this human race has got a chance of survival if we could all be, you know, super beings. Which something tells me they're not doing that for the benefit no. of the entire oh, population. No, it's not being done for the benefit, no, no. They see them as weapon systems first and foremost. Um, within the project I'm, I'm in, um, Mannequin, now, that's, all, these, all these projects are under the MKUltra umbrella. So there's, there's always this background element of the mind control aspects. Is it now, still, other, Barry, is it still being called MKUltra? Probably not, but that's what everyone knows it as. So right. it's a, a quick and easy reference term. When you mention that, so everyone knows what you're talking about. 
Sure. So we'll, we'll, we'll keep it as MK Ultra for now. That's in the background. That's, let's call that the granddaddy of the programs. And all these sub-projects are running um, underneath but connected to because all that work goes back from those early days. So everyone, I mean, I've been put down on my files. I'm listed as a first-generation um, weapon system. I don't like the term, but let's be honest, that's what the program and training was for, as a weapon system. You've got people like uh, Duncan O'Finian, who is uh, a later generation, but he is on the physical side. So you, you've got your physical uh, attributes, then you've got your mental or psychic attributes. So you've got two different sorts, both labelled, unfortunately, as super beings or super soldiers. I don't personally like the term because if I looked at myself in a mirror and said, you're a super soldier, I'd burst out laughing. Because, <laughs> <laughs> because I'm not. And, but I'm a weapon system because of what my mental capabilities and abilities yes. are. So unfortunately the tag is there Duncan is is the physical side even though he's got um, those psychic abilities too but Duncan was uh, programmed more for the physical side of stuff and on that physical side of stuff you, you get the um, the assassination squads which you'll be very very careful I mean they're designed for you know, they're killing machines basically well uh, just let me just interject for a second speaking yeah. of Duncan O'Finian he is he a regular person who was born as an ordinary baby or was he one of these synthetic beings that was produced um, now without going into D Duncan's background which is really not my job but I would say um, he was born as a normal human, but had um, outside influences. Okay. And assistance. And, well, from what he's been saying about what he did as a child, um, would actually point to, yeah, he obviously went through similar programs to what I did and many, many others went through. I mean, if you look at the, so many coming forward with what their childhood was like and they were taken away from home and they, they were doing this and they were doing that, it, it frightens me a little bit, but I'm glad in another way that oh, I'm not the only kooky one who's coming out with I did various things during my childhood. <clears throat> so, yeah, there's a, there's a parallel there with Duncan, and there are others coming forward. Um, quite a few names, but again, um, I'm just a bit reticent on saying certain names, but they're, they're coming forward anyway. You'll, you'll know them when you see them and hear them. But and we're going to be talking about we're going to be talking about more of these uh, new breed of whistleblowers in a few minutes. But you haven't talked about your own abduction experience, which you had at what age, Barry? Uh, right. Okay. Um, a full blown abduction experience that was in on March the tenth, nineteen seventy six. Um, now th this is where. It, it's it's a bit. People have said to me, "Well, look, you're you were a UFO researcher, and you dare to have." I mean, this this is person. This is verbatim. Per, someone said to me, "You dare to have an abduction experience yourself," and as if if it was you know a sin. Um, you, you know, you're a UFO researcher. You don't have such experiences. You investigate other people's. How dare you? And so I'm sorry. Yeah, not my fault. But. Yeah, I had a full-blown um, 
abduction experience, March the 10th, 1976. Um, I've put that down now to um, a programmed event. That had, um, uh, let me say, joint military and OPI elements to it. And I'm, I'm trying to, you know, I've tried to gain a lot of information regarding the who and where, why, who, who ran the damn thing, but I've been blocked. So I, I can only go by what I know and what's on the file because certain areas are blocked off, but I'm assuming it was a joint um, experience at the time. Could you discern if it was a real alien abduction experience or a MyLab? Well, it had elements of both because um, the large being... Uh, which I was told at the time was a gatherer. And this is a, um, just like a PLS, but it was a large, over six foot six tall, um, featureless face. It could have been a robot for all I know, but that was the very first thing um, I noticed on that particular night. I saw that, I passed out, I woke up in some small capsule-shaped room, the door opened, and there's two small greys. These two small greys escort me, um, to some sort of um, central room somewhere where I'm um, given various things to look at, you know, loads and loads of... The typical abduction experience of loads and loads of flashing images of um, earth destruction, and this is happening, like in a, in, a, in a movie reel, but happening so fast. You know, there's so many pictures flashing in front of you. So many things are said to me and done to me, given a full medical examination... Um, given a, like a, a mini tour of the alleged ship or craft, um, taken back to the capsule room where this tall gatherer being was waiting and returned to my home several hours later. Um, I, was, I was unconscious. I, 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 was, I found myself lying on the kitchen floor, got up, uh, dragged myself up because I was still very, very dizzy and looked at the kitchen uh, clock and yeah, I, I'd lost two, two or three hours of time. But elements within the experience, I mean, that's a, a quick blast through it. But I do recall seeing someone in the shadows or half shadows, and that someone was dressed in a military uniform. So there's elements there of OPI and military. And over the years, I've asked so many people, even my own handlers, I said, well, come on, give me the file, tell me what, what it was all about. And there's areas that no one's prepared to go into. But I'm sticking my own neck out and saying it was a joint effort between the military and the OPI for some obscure reason. Speaking of your file, and before I forget to ask you, you were saying during the last show that if you behave a certain way or you complied a certain way, that you were going to be allowed to see your entire file, to see what happened during your childhood and what was the whole purpose of the, the project. You never told us what you went through. Can, can you tell us what was in your file? Uh, yeah, there was a lot of scary bits in there, actually. Um, bits that I thought were in my comfort zone and bits that actually shook me up because I thought the exact opposite. But what it did was to confirm certain events at certain times and confirmed why I went through what I did in childhood, what it was all for. It was connecting the dots for me, but in a much more um, fluid way than I'd actually tried to do it myself. 
So it, when you look at it in black and white, it hits you. And you think, oh, my God, so that, that was done for that reason. And by them showing me the complete file, so now I can sort of, I can close the book on my own life, so to speak. I'm now at peace because I know who I am, what I am, what I'm supposed to do. So I've now read the book. I'm just about to close the covers, and I can now put the book down. What they've done um, is I've been augmented uh, as a child. I mean, in those tests at that facility I mentioned uh, in West London, not only all these psychic tests you do, but several of us were taken to have um, physical uh, enhancements made to us over the years. You know, they start off with bits and pieces, and that would continue until you get to this magic age of 15 or 16 when it would all stop. Now, they've done something to my arms and legs. Now, this was to, in their words, assist me um, in a, a prolonged life. It, yeah, that, that's, that's the gist of it. I was due to live a very long life, a very long active life. Unfortunately, the actions of the facility in uh, January 80 put paid to that. But they recognised you'd about, uh, reached the age of 96 with no problem and being still fit and active at that age. But that's now not going to happen. And once again, because of what happened, your, your disobedient behaviour at the base, they, they perhaps injected you with chemicals that are reversing what they had done before? So exactly, what you're yeah. Exactly. So what I've been suffering since uh, 80 is extreme pains in both arms and legs, and I've had that all the time. It, it literally is excruciating pain. You, I'm used to it now, but um, the idea recently was to, to get some treatment to um, counteract that. Unfortunately, that didn't work. Um, so it's just something I'm, I'm left with and I've got to put up with. But certainly, yeah, the cocktail drugs in 80 put paid to what was planned. Uh, I have to... Sorry. I just have to mention something. I mean, when we, you, you tell us that they did something to you to prolong your life, and we think of the Illuminati, we think of people like David Rockefeller, we think of people like Harry Kissinger, Zbigniew Brzezinski, people that are up there in age, but they don't seem to be aging that fast. Even David Rockefeller, I believe, is his early 90s. He's still yeah, traveling he, around the world, yeah, isn't exactly. he? So they obviously must be privy to information, technology, cures that the rest of us are not. Well, I'm pretty Have you sure heard of anything like this? Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure that such high-profile names as those individuals um, would have access to um, military-grade chemicals and drugs that would prolong their lifestyle. Um, obviously, military-grade, you're not going to find them in the shelves of your local pharmacy and these have been tried and tested on so many human guinea pigs to make sure that yeah they do work so yeah it wouldn't surprise me at all that that's that's what these people have because they're, they're they're so power mad they're so vain they they want to continue their grip on power for as long as possible so if they can go into their hundredth birthday they'll, they'll do so at any cost i mean that, that's another aspect of the of the uh Peasemore facility, which I, even though I mentioned it within the original files, I've kept quiet about it over the years because it's a, an unsavoury area. 
that no one really wanted to know, and I was told, drop it like a stone, because, you know, it's a bad area to go to, is the use of um, bringing in guinea pigs, the ones that went in that didn't come out, they were either tested to oblivion, or they were used for um, spare parts. So this is where the rich and famous would very much like to have access to spare parts just to keep them going. They have all the wealth that they can dream of having, mm -hmm. but they're always hungry for more and more and more power. And oh, yeah. this, of course, comes with perks such as the antidote for any type of disease, because these mm -hmm. people, and you take uh, George Bush 41 as another example in his 80s, He seems to be part of that group as well. As a matter of fact, I believe, with the information I've received, that he is the one who is still handling the CIA, which is in control of the United States. Whether that's true or not, I don't know. But it would make you feel that he is being prolonged life-wise. Well, when you've got someone such as that character, then obviously you want to keep them going as long as possible because right. they're doing exactly what the controllers want. They're doing the job just right. So, yeah, you, you keep someone like that going as long as possible. Oh, yeah. So how uh, is it... Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, it's okay. How is it? How does it feel to be working with Black Projects and, and knowing the behind-the-scenes, being an insider, the contacts you've made, the situations you've experienced, the danger you still go through? How, give us a synopsis of how, how that's been. I wouldn't change any of it. Um, it's been very interesting times. It has been dangerous at times, but it's also been a lot of fun. It depends on literally what you're involved in and what sort of characters uh, you're, you're coming across. I mean, you're getting access to projects that people only dream of. You're seeing information on projects and programs that they're working on. You Now, if only they could perfect this, this world would totally change. But then you step back and think, no, perhaps not, because the military would immediately step in. That would be a perfect weapon system. It's like this free energy that is doing the rounds now. Now, there's no way that the, the controllers are going to allow these uh, free energy devices. There's no way, because look at the profits they're going to immediately lose. I've met up with individuals, I mean, just to give you an example, it doesn't phone me anymore to get a call of um, three or four in the morning and go and meet an individual in a certain part uh, of a certain town. And you meet this individual in a dark alley. He's, he's got some information to pass to you. That wouldn't phone me anymore because I've done that several times. Before then, just the mere thought of getting to downtown such-and-such and meeting such-and-such such character at four in, in the morning would scare the bejeebas out of me. But that happens. That, that, it's so commonplace. It's an exchange of information. Some very dangerous characters who would slit your throat just for looking at you, but it's part of the job. You're meeting up. You're passing uh, data files to another individual. You're giving him his mission uh, files, He's off to go and do a job. You're, you're meeting certain individuals here and there. It's, it's an interesting thing. You're all over the place. You're, you're, you're traveling everywhere. You're meeting some good characters, and you're meeting a heck of a lot of seedy ones, but you're, you're giving an insight to a hidden world. 
you no one would even dream of. You know, how could all this this be going on? And no one's got a clue. I mean, the things that are happening beneath the streets of uh, London, for example, you just wouldn't have a clue unless you actually knew what was going on. What do you mean by beneath the streets of London? Um, well, there's a there's a, a facility um, that a colleague of mine, a friend of mine, um, has, has mentioned quite a lot. I tried to play it down a bit, but um, it's connected to the um, Downing Street bunker. But this place was built in the uh, Cold Cold War years, where they use a lot of the space for um, mind controlling but they're mind controlling certain segments of society and these uh, people they're using are out and about on a daily basis and they're they're actually um, how can I put this well telephone engineers are one of them cable and satellite engineers are another and this is where we're going to get into a whole area of things I shouldn't be talking about, is the controlling mechanisms they might be using in cable and satellite TV systems. But they're using engineers from all three of those services to um, open up the way for um, Big Brother to have direct control into people's homes. Are you talking about the digital signal that it's going to allow the controllers to to exercise more mind control. Is that what you're saying? Uh, yeah, yeah. in a nutshell, yeah. And that's going to be directly into the homes. So this is a, another area that they're working on. Um, if it gets implemented, then we are all in deep trouble. But that's what that's part of that um, facility under London is working on. They're, they're, they're bringing in the engineers and they're using control technologies on those engineers to get this technology fitted in as many homes as possible. Well, I recently had uh, Jordan Maxwell. I'm sure you know who Jordan Maxwell uh, yeah, on on the yeah. show. And we were discussing the advent of TV, how it was the Germans who actually came up with the idea. And even back then, the TV emits a frequency, that it's the maternal frequency, the frequency that a baby receives from the mother. And that's why when the baby's crying and they put him close to the mother, the baby calms down because of that frequency. Well, mm-hmm. they're using that with TVs so that when you're watching TV, you feel comfortable in the zone, as some people call it, yeah, so that you yeah. are more perceptive. They have the neuro-linguistic programming. So it is the it is the perfect. And, and ever since I started this show, I call it the subliminal tube because it really hypnotizes you. But... Barry, we have to take another intermission to to our last segment, and I have left the most important aspects till the end. We're going to be talking about Stargates. We're going to be talking about, again, the new breed of whistleblowers, hybrids, DNA tinkering, scaremongering vaccines, so many other things, folks, that you need to hear what Barry has to finally disclose with us. Do you want to say anything else before we go into break, uh, Barry? No, I think that uh, sums it up pretty well. Excellent. I appreciate that you're staying with us uh, for one more segment, Barry. I know it's late over in the UK, but folks, don't go anywhere. The best is yet to come. This is Mel Fabregas, and you're listening to Veritas. Don't go anywhere. Thank you very much for listening. We're going to talk more with our special guest in our members section. Head on over to our website, veritasshow.com. Click on subscribe 
and join us in the members area to tune in to the second part of this great show. We'll take a short break, listen to some music, and we'll be right back with more.
This is Sergeant Clifford Stone, U.S. Army retired, and you're listening to the Veritas Show. Mm-hmm. 